joining us is, is me, Katie Osaurus. Oh, bullet journaling. So bullet journaling gets brought up. Eric. What? <laughs> okay, let's try. Okay, ready? Oh, we're, we're supposed gonna to, do Are we actually doing an intro? We're going to do an intro. All right, here okay, we go. ready? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Hi everybody! Murder you in your sleep. Okay. Hi everybody, it's me, Katie Osaurus. And it's me, hey good. I just burped. I'm sorry about that. We're gonna have to edit all of this out. Oh, that's right. You're, I'm gonna have to edit all right. You are we're doing this live. I know. Okay. Hi everybody, it's me, Katie Osaurus. Hi everybody, and it's me, hey good. And you're listening to a live episode recording of Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest. Indeed, we're both on our TikTok lives right now, hanging out with, with people asking us questions and stuff. And we're going to record our shenanigans for the little little pitted, piggity podcast. All right, here we go. Uh, how to actually remember to look at your to-do lists and our whiteboard. Okay. Great question. Um, I try to put them in super obvious places. So, like, I have a whiteboard. I'm at Katie's house right now, but at my house, my apartment, I have a whiteboard on the door to my room. I have one on the fridge. Um, I have one right next to my desk right here, which is, like, my favorite place because I'm right-handed. So I can just, like, pow, write stuff. I have two hanging just off screen. Um... Because Katie would like gather. Well, Katie had one whiteboard that she put up when she like went for 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 when I was coming, and uh, I brought one of my own. So, anyways, I try to put them in really obvious places, um, and try to make a habit out of it. Just like when you wake up, be like, but yeah. I mean, habits are hard, of course, but you know that. Um, and also use your whiteboard for fun too. Like it's easy to think of a whiteboard as being like I have to write my awesome to do listy stuff. But also like you know do doodles and stuff on it and and all that kind of stuff. And that you like to try to build the association that like this whiteboard is for me to do whatever, whatever on, you know, um, kind of makes it less scary. And then, and then you might be more whatever to interact with it. In terms of like electronic to-do lists, um, try to put them in obvious places, I suppose. Sometimes if I write a to-do list on my phone, um, I'll screenshot it, whether it's in like my notes app or something, and then make it my lock screen background so that when my, my phone goes woo, it's just there. Um, so that way I don't have to remember to go look at it. It's just like always there. And that does pretty good. I hope Would you say helpful. that it does pretty cute? I, I literally just did say that it was pretty cute. I thought you were just saying good weird. Becky Childress 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 says, are you guys a couple? Because you totally could be. No. <laughs> the question mark at the end of that. Um, no, we're not. We're not. We're not a couple. We just like each other very, very much. Um, just buds. Just, just pals. Buds. Just bud pals. We're here for your fan fiction. Exactly. And your fan art. <laughs> exactly. Please, please draw Eric as a furry. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> I have often wondered what furry Did you what hear I would that? Be. It was the sound of 10,000 fan fictions oh, being written. Um, yeah, we are totally, I would, I would really hate it if there was any fan art of me and Katie. It would be terrible. Oh, I would hate that so much, <laughs> is my sarcastic tone. I mean, what's truly funny is that I realized the other day is that Eric dresses the exact same way as Mr. Peanut Butter from Bojack Horseman. Oh my god! <laughs> you just dress, you're just constantly cosplaying Mr. Peanut Butter from Bojack Horseman. Pair of aviator sunglasses Observe. right here. The pod, people listening on the podcast can't see this, but I no, know. No, but, but there's a hilarious bit. Now he's cosplaying I do, I'm wearing Mr. the v-neck black. Oh my gosh. It's true. Um, yeah, I feel like I could do a really good Princess Caroline cosplay too. Also, um, Moon Prism had a great question um, that we skipped over. Moon Prism, who is also one of my fabulous moderators oh, on, cool. on my Discord server, um, had a question and I can't find it now. 
Um, how to incorporate new objects into your mise en place oh, setup? Oh, good use of mise en place. Loving that. Loving that term. Do you want to? Do you want to go? No, you can do it. You're oh. way better at that than I am. Mise en place. Yeah. Well, currently I'm because you're a chef boy. I'm. I'm gonna bake some. Uh, I'm. I'm a sourdough bread baker as well as a cook, and so. But to be very specific, Eric, like knows things about like this wasn't like a, oh we got really into sourdough for the pandemic this was like a legitimately eric like trained for years <laughs> to understand the sea like he climbed a mountain and learned from a i assume from like a monk there was a baboon uh sitting cross-legged at the top of the mountain and he just said you gotta fight him he said scoby eric scoby <laughs> that's i'm not that's for a couple people who will get that joke um Oh, uh, the, the sourdough tangent. I have a bunch of stuff weighed out for sourdough bread, so I have been thinking about mise en place all day. How to incorporate new objects. Um, again, put them in an obvious place. Put them, frankly, like in the way sometimes, um, like on top of like your computer, so like you can't open it, or like on your keyboard, or like on top of your keys or something like that. Um, and then uh, also for storing things, um, this is not my original idea. One of my favorite YouTubers um, said this, but store things in the first place that you would look for them. So if you already have, like pretend you already have the thing and you needed to get it. Like where, what would your first thought be to go look for it? Like, oh, I would look in this drawer for batteries or whatever. So store it in that location and don't think any harder about it because that's what you're gonna think later when you are thinking, oh, do I have AA batteries? Where would I have put them? So just that first place. Um, and then incorporating things in Muse on Plus, I think um, having um, a place for everything and everything in its place, um, it's really hard to do that with ADHD, um, but uh, it has to start with, uh, you know, a place for everything and everything in its place. A place for everything has to come first, you know. So when do you have the thing, like immediately decide, like, where does this thing live? I like to think of objects as like having homes and they're like happy when they're in their homes, you know. If I have like, you know, my knife goes in a specific place, it's like when it's not in its home, it's like, Oh, I'm not my home, oh my God. And then I put it in its place and it's like, hmm, now I'm nice. Um, but I find building like emotional, ridiculous things help me, uh, I don't know. Do you find remember that the, the places though like change? Cause that's what happens to me is like, I'll come home one day and it makes perfect sense for my keys to go like on the edge of the counter. But then like mm -hmm. two weeks will go by and then I'm like, no, it makes a little bit more sense for me to like put them on the shelf. And then like another two weeks go by and I'm like, no, I'll just keep them in my purse all the time. Like, do yours change oh, or do yeah. you try and like keep it consistent even after your brain is like, no, it needs to be something new. Yeah. I'd absolutely, absolutely. I think that's one of the more frustrating parts about all of it. And like one of the more frustrating parts about ADHD is like, I'll get organized, but then my understanding of what organized is changes. And so I'm like, Oh, this isn't the best way to do this. So I'll ADHD people were, were, were perfectionists. It doesn't seem that way on the outside all the time, but we're always trying to do, it things the best way. I mean, I, I don't mean to speak for everybody, but I've heard that from a lot of people. Um, but so yeah, I think they change. And so something I try to do to, to, to fix that or to solve that or to help with that is um, labeling things in like a permanent way. I mean, or a semi-permanent way. Don't necessarily go drawing on your house in Sharpie, but like um, like if, the, if you're like, all right, I'm gonna put this in this drawer. Just put like, you know, I, I keep markers and tape around because that's what cooks do. So I'll put a little piece of tape on it and it'll say like batteries, you know, so there'll be like sort of a list forming on like drawers. And so then changing that location is not just a decision. It's like, oh, I also have to move the tape, um, which one it'll, it'll, even if you do end up moving, it'll still be labeled. Um, but it's also like, for me, like in terms of like cognitive process, it's like another step. I can't just decide. It's like a 
a bigger thing to do. Um, um, somebody asked a good question and I wanted to address it cause I feel like it's come up a couple of times. Um, somebody asked what were the, uh, coronavirus, uh, precautions that we took before making the decision to, uh, do this, do your visit Talk right next to each other. Um, yeah. And so, um, cause I think it's important. It's important to acknowledge oh, yeah. that. Um, but Absolutely. basically like I have been getting a coronavirus test pretty much every week because of my husband's job. Um, Eric, you have two, right? Because of yeah. your chef job. Yeah, I'm a. I, I work in kitchens. Um, I we my restaurant is currently making meals for World Central Kitchen, um, who which is an organization that, um, it's it's they they basically feed places of in, that are in crisis. They're an amazing organization. Yesterday they uh, were bringing meals to people waiting in lines at the polls. They like in it, like a massive like nationwide global or they're amazing anyway so i work with food and so it's absolutely necessary for us to get tested frequently and so i get tested every 10 days um and we take our temperature like on the door and intern like in, on the ugh, next to the entrance to the restaurant there's a one of those touchless thermometer things so every time we walk in before we like even really walk in we just like stop um touch the thing take our temperature sanitize the thing um and so I get, I get, I take my temperature at least twice a day. Um, and then of course the regular precautions, like we, we both are very, um, we, we were both very fastidious, very, very dedicated. We wear masks. <laughs> we do all the stuff. Um, but perhaps most importantly, Eric is going to be here longer than two weeks. Right. Um, and so we just decided like, you know what, it's, uh, it's quarantine in time. Right. Um, but can, I mean, I don't want to like speak for you, but mm -hmm. Eric is thinking about maybe relocating to the Atlanta area. And so That's this true. is the time in his life when that was right. So we hope that assures you that we are not, you know, being jerks. Um, but you know, that was, uh, we took the precautions seriously. So yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, we all have that responsibility. Um, yeah. sweetly asks, um, uh, Hey, are you doing okay? Question mark. I know today is hard for a lot of people. Um, to those listening to this, not live. Um, today is November fourth, the day after uh, election day. Although, like, it wasn't really much of an election day because it's, <laughs> it's not over like yet. Election season. Election season, exactly. But I'm yeah. not okay. Like, honestly, I'm having like a pretty hard time because it's just I'm a problem solver. Like, I'm the person people call when they have a problem that needs a solution. Like, I'm a good listener and I try to be a good friend, but I'm a person who, like, thrives on finding solutions and fixing things. Um, and it turns out, one, it's impossible to be personally responsible for fixing an entire country's problems. Um, but also, like, <laughs> weirdly enough, I don't have anything to do with the election process. Um, and so basically it's just sitting back and waiting for something to happen. And I also have ADHD. And so sitting back and waiting for something to happen is, uh, awful. Yeah. So, um, that is, that's what I have to say about all that, I guess. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm doing too great either. Um, there's, there's sort of a sense of helplessness about it. Definitely. Like we can just sort of watch the numbers and every time I look at my phone, you know, I get news alerts. So every time I look at my phone, you know, I'm like prepared for some yeah. headline that says like, oh, four more years. And like, and at that, like, in, I mean, if that happens, I'll, I will cry on the spot. Um, I will lie on the, I will sit down or lie on the floor. Like, and so I'm just like waiting for that moment of like, oh my God, is that going to happen? Um, or the opposite is going to happen. I mean, we endorse Joe Biden. We can, we can, we yeah, endorse Joe Biden. In the video, so like, if you haven't noticed, I'm, I'm pretty gay. 
So <laughs> just radiating. Um, but if Joe Biden wins, which I hope to God he does, um, I mean that would also be an extremely emotional moment because it's like holy shit, like that's like all I've been really thinking about over the past four years is like this is insane. This needs to be. This needs to stop. This needs to whatever. And it's not like everything's going to be fixed once Trump's out of office. But still, it's just like that's the first step is like getting him the fuck out of office. Um, and so, I don't know, like, so even even if even if it goes the way I want it to, that's still going to like totally like shatter me. Um, and so I'm sort of like in this really anxious moment of like any moment now, like everything that I'm thinking about, all the all the like Katie and I have been doing podcast stuff all day and Zoom interviews with people and scheduling interviews for yeah, podcast, like all that stuff is just going like, to poof and... <laughs> It's it's such a weird feeling. Like I was sitting there, I was getting interviewed by a student at Northwestern about ADHD, and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to like sound smart and you know like I know what I'm talking about, and at the same time I'm like, what's gonna happen in the next ten minutes? What's gonna happen in the next half hour? And it's just it's such a weird feeling. Like I I feel like we're all sort of like collectively going through this trauma together of like waiting and seeing and wondering and worrying no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on um and it's really weird to just like feel that sort of like global anxiety especially somebody who's like pretty attuned to other people's emotions um yeah it's just been like a very weird day for me so thank you for asking i appreciate it also uh ecosystem had a great question that i wanted to talk about you're Um, so good at this thank you (laughs) i just save them in my brain (laughs) Um, so they asked about, uh, struggling to focus on like reading textbooks, reading, um, you know, like for school, if there's not an audiobook version. Um, and actually one of the best, uh, pieces of advice that I got about reading, um, textbooks and stuff, uh, came right here on TikTok from actually ADH adult. Oh um, yeah. And she, uh, said something brilliant and I realized like I had been doing it for years, but I never thought of this. Um, there's no rule that says you have to read anything in order. Like there, you don't have to necessarily like start at like, you know, page one of the reading and go from there. Um, because what I've done for, for years and she articulated it so beautifully is like, I just skip around. Like I read until I see something that catches my interest. And then what I do is I kind of like domino affect it. Um, so I'll do like a, you know, like, okay, I'll skim through the chapter. I'll find something and I'll go, wait, like, how does this happen? And then I'll go back in the reading and I'll find that part. Um, and then something in that reading will encourage me to like flip forward or flip backwards or something. But what I find is that it's actually a really good way to learn the material as well, because a lot of times you wind up sort of like covering the stuff that you've already read. So you're like reinforcing it in your mind and you're like kind of like internalizing that, um, that, that is really helpful to me. I don't know if that will be helpful to you, but, um, I like to, I'm just such a non-linear thinker anyway, that it really helps me to just release myself of that guilt of not reading linearly i think that made sense yeah totally i also i think that when i first started doing tiktoks i was like i'm only gonna do educational content because that's what i like really value and that's still like what i aspire to do but you know it's whatever but i i I was i was thinking the reason i wanted to do educational content was because i think school is line is set in such a way that it's just not for adhd people it's not for neurodivergent people in general (laughs) frankly um and I was always really frustrated that if you were taking, say, like a philosophy class or something, they go through the whole thing in detail chronologically. And so they'll be like, okay, this was, uh, you know, Aristotle or uh, 
soccer dude. I, I, it was a long time ago. Chipotle. Who was the guy? He was a, um, yeah, he was, was a it? political philosopher. He gave a really good speech. Yeah, Chipotle. Chipotle. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Chipotle's great address. Chipotle, the great um, philosopher Chipotle. But I was always really frustrated that they would do that because they'll like, none of it is in context. You, you don't understand why that's cool yet. I mean, a lot of stuff is just cool because it's cool. Um, but like, they would just, you were constantly just sort of painting like this little area of this massive picture. And it's like, what's the picture of? Like, oh my gosh. And so I like, I like to think of um, like school works in such a way. And the reason I thought brought this up is reading in a linear way works in such a way. It's, I have ADHD. Um, what? Like imagine if you were loading a, 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 an image, like a computer was loading an image um, and it loaded it in like squares from the top left corner and loaded a square and then the square next to it and then the square next to it and like rendered it fully and went all the way down. The whole time you're like, okay, all right, I think it's a horse. What's going on here? Until eventually you start to get the full picture. Um, but none of it's ever in context until you're midway through. And even then you don't know what comes after it. And so I always thought things should be taught in sort of a, uh, what, what I've been temporarily calling um, top-down learning where basically the whole image is rendered in low resolution, just a really blurry big picture, like, bam, this is what the whole thing is. And you're like, whoa, what's that? Like, that's weird, there's stuff going on over there. And then you slowly increase the resolution of that image. So you're learning the whole thing at once, but, but the entire time it's all in context. So you'll learn about, like, a little bit about Socrates, and be like, whoa, Kant said something really different, didn't he? Well, let's talk about that. Um, and so... My so, anyways, the whole polka dot thing of of reading, reading not in order, um, I think really lends itself well to that idea that you're like, sorry, <laughs> you're you're contextualizing things. You're going boom, boom, like wait a minute, how do we get from there to there? And anyways, so I, I like to learn that way too. I didn't do a lot of reading because I didn't go to college, um, but but I think that <laughs> that that approach to learning really helps me in my ADHD. Like try to under, understand the whole thing broadly and then increase the resolution of your understanding of it gradually so that everything is in context and you can jump around. If this is boring, you can dupe and, you know. Anyways, so that um, I think is really useful. Gremlin Penny in the comments said, philosophy is cool. I'm trying so hard to justify my degree. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I have two master's degrees and like a quarter of a PhD in Shakespeare. Like, let me tell you about the decision. Be like, nah, it's 2018. What is, what can I do in this economy? I guess go dedicate my life to Shakespeare. Like that's a whole mood. Um, but I think Gremlin Penny um, for me, like, I'm proud of you for pursuing philosophy because like, I really feel like the things that we pursue, the, 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 especially for people with ADHD, the places that we choose to spend our time, the, the passions that we choose to pursue, they have to be important to us. And I have a friend who uses this phrase a lot and I just think it's like beautiful, but he always says, is it something that makes your soul sing? And I love that phrase. Um, <laughs> cause it's so goofy. But I think like if philosophy is the thing that like makes your soul sing and you're excited about pursuing it and excited about studying, like that's awesome. Do the thing that you're excited about. Don't force yourself to conform to some sort of like, oh, I should be an accountant just because it's reasonable. Do the thing that makes you happy because with ADHD, you have to value those moments and you have to, and you have to appreciate like when your brain goes, yes, this is something um, that I love. And that's how I feel about Shakespeare. Um, and I think that's important. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, what, speaking of 
philosophy. Um, what Alan Watts said, um, Alan Watts was a philosopher from like the 1900s. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know a crazy amount about him, but if you search Alan Watts on YouTube, have fun. It's amazing. Um, but he brought up this, he, he asked his students a question. Um, what would you do if money were no object? If money was just not, was irrelevant, like you just did not have to worry about money, how would you, which, <laughs> I would join Starfleet. Well, 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 how would you spend your life? If money was just not part of it, how would you spend your life? Would you uh, go horseback riding every day? Would you, you know, uh, build a massive garden? What would you do? Um, he says, start there and just do that. Do that. Like, of course money is, of course money is important. You need to eat and stuff to survive. But do that as much as you can. Um, and then he said, eventually, if you keep doing that, you'll get good enough at it that people will start to pay you to do it. You know, if, if you just love horseback riding more than anything else in the world and you do it as much as you can, of course, privilege factors into all of this, um, then perhaps one day you'll be qualified to teach at a riding school or open your own riding school. Or, um, and so, yeah, sort of, it's, it's, it's hard to reverse engineer, I guess, how things are going to go. But if you do things tenaciously, um, then... You, you've at least given it your all, and perhaps it'll it'll become lucrative later. Yeah. Um, M Art Lover asks uh, advice for a couple with one partner on the spectrum and one with ADHD. We struggle with emotions. Well, that's convenient because hello, <laughs> that's my life. Um, my husband Chris uh, has autism. Um, or is autistic, I believe is the preferred uh, way of saying that now. Um, and yeah, Chris is autistic and I have ADHD and we also struggle with that sometimes. Like it is a perfectly, um, normal thing to struggle with. Um, and I think that for, for us and one of the reasons why we, we do thrive as a couple, why we are so successful as a couple, um, is because we leave each other room for being bad at stuff. Um, which I know is like a weird way of saying it, but like, I think we have an expectation that the other person will struggle. And if they don't struggle, great. Like what a good day. Like that's awesome that we don't have to struggle with anything, but like, I'm, I'm terrible at admitting when I need help. Like I just am, I'm, I'm terrible at it. And so Chris and I like invented this system, um, where we talk about my shopping cart. And like, what is in my shopping cart? Like not even like what's on my plate, but like what's in my realm, what's in my realm of, of stuff to do. And we talk about it that way. And so I think just, you know, it's, it's funny cause people ask us a lot. People ask us a lot for relationship advice and like the, it seems so trite to just keep saying communicate, you know, over and over and over again in different ways. But like the big thing is like, we've never been afraid to communicate with each other. Like I might be uncomfortable with it. I might struggle with it, but I've never been afraid to look at Chris and say like, I need something or can you do this? Um, and same with him. Like he knows that he struggles with, you know, hyperfixation and, and that kind of stuff. And so we try to support each other. You know, like last night he was up until what, like four 30 in the morning, <laughs> watching the election coverage, but also like checking it on his phone and like also being on his laptop. And so I was like, you need to go to bed now. Like, like I'm supporting you as your partner by telling you you're cut off from politics. Um, and I think that helps too. Like just so much of it comes down to finding ways to effectively communicate and support the other person. I think that was kind of an answer. That was a wonderful I think, answer. I think that was an answer. I don't know. That was a fantastic answer. Um, okay, let's see. Also, I just want to say I apologize to, for not saying hi to all the people that say hi. 
just trying. I, I, I'm an interrupter, you might guess, oh. <laughs> to do that. But hi, everybody. Um, I've got two really good questions. I like that one. I also like that one. Um, hold on, we're we're evaluating what <laughs> what question. Um, what do you what do you want to what do you want to talk about, yeah. friend? Uh, well, first I want to say, me again, Rose said your curls are looking great. So oh, hey, thank you. Sure Hashtag curly girl method. Um. Ba -ba -da -ba -da. I like. I think. Can we talk about the working from home ones? Yes, yeah, please, okay, please, that's please. Okay. Um. So Zoe Cat asks, any advice for explaining working from home to your boss? I work half at work and half at home. Um. I. It's weird because like I hate working from home. Like I'm just bad at it. Um. Because like all my stuff is here. I just want to make stuff with my stuff. Um. But I think explaining working from home um, to your boss or at least like trying to advocate for what you need. And honestly, just comes down to the same thing, like no matter where you are, right? You need a functional workspace. You need your tasks management well. Um, and I think being able to communicate with whoever is in charge of you um, in any aspect of your life, right? Um, and saying like, here's how I like my information. Here's the best times of day for me. All that kind of stuff. Like, it never has to be like a major conversation. Um, you know, like I, I've told my boss a number of times, like, please don't tell me just to do something because I'll never do it. But if you tell me like, I need you to do this by Thursday, like it will be done on Thursday. Um, and yeah, just kind of knowing yourself, knowing your needs. Um, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I think um, something that you all have very much helped me with um, is just accepting myself I guess um, that sounds a bit cliche, but I mean that very literally, like just accepting that this is the way that I am. Um, I, I, I always, I tend to sort of think of myself as being this, this uh, you know, that I only am the way that I am through circumstance and that if I could change those circumstance or, or develop some procedure, I could completely and fundamentally change who I am, including my ADHD and all that, which is not the case. Yeah. Um, and so all of you in, in this whole TikTok experience and meeting Katie especially, um, has allowed me to sort of accept like, oh, I tend to ramble. <laughs> I tend to forget pieces of information very quickly. I tend to go on tangents and then forget what I was originally. And it allowed me to sort of accept that those are part of me and consequently allowed me to go, okay, how do I address that? How do I work that into being a hopefully semi-functional human being? And uh, part of that was, yeah, talking to people at work about it. Um, uh, now I, I work in a kitchen, so I didn't necessarily like call a meeting and say, you know, Hey everybody, I just want to let you know, although if that's something that you think you should do, then I will please do. Um, but I, I you know, I, I talk about, you know, the podcast and TikTok occasionally at work. And so they know that I have ADHD, um, and just knowing that they know has made a huge difference. Um, just when I walk to one side of the room and then forget why I was going there and have to stand there and just shake my head for a second and then turn around and then go, oh, I remember, and turn around and go back. Um, before they knew, I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, they must think, must think I'm stupid. They must think I'm insane. They must think I'm just bad at my job or, or something, just all sorts of terrible musings about what they must be thinking. But now that I know that they know, I can just go, oh, they know that I have ADHD. Knowing that they know just sort of gave me a permission to just sort of forgive myself in those moments. Um, so, just on, eight, uh, the question was specifically about working from home, but just on on working and ADHD, um, perhaps talk to them about it, perhaps not. 
um, your circumstances, your own. Yeah. Oh, this is a really good question. Um, Mezer Dev says, how do you deal with inattentiveness when working? Like you try so hard, but you can't focus. Um, I, okay. I have like a really weird perspective on it. Um, so my thing is that sometimes you just have to get stuff done. Um, which is kind of weird, but like our garbage, our garbage people come every Tuesday and I'm like a lot of times on Monday night, it's like two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I cannot motivate myself to take out my garbage. I, I need to take out the garbage. I can't, I just, I can't do it. But the thing is, is that if I don't take out the garbage, the garbage won't get taken out. And then it sits for a week and then I'm mad at myself cause I didn't take care of that. And so sometimes you just got to take out the garbage. But in this case, the garbage is the metaphor for like a boring job because boring <laughs> jobs are garbage. Right. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but like finding ways to occupy yourself outside of the task at hand can be really helpful. Um, like listen to a podcast that you like, or, you know, take five minute breaks, you know, and research something that you're passionate about or, you know, give yourself permission to just get the thing done. Um, a lot of people, do you want to plug in your phone, buddy? Oh, sure. Um, uh, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, d the pressure that many people with ADHD feel to do things perfectly, to be an overachiever, to like really do all the great stuff. But sometimes just getting it done is enough. Sometimes just being in a place where you can do stuff is important. That was a terrible answer. And no, I'm sorry. No, it was. I mean, I think, um, I, I had, a, I had a couple thoughts. Whoa. And I'm going to remember 20% of them maybe. Um, but, uh, one on a, on a light note, the way that I help myself do tasks I'm not looking forward to is, um, I pretend that there are two Olympic announcers in my head that are narrating my performance. Like as if I were like competing, they're like, Oh, he was walking up to the trash can. Can he take the entire trash bag out without it breaking on the bottom? He does it. My gosh, you saw it here first, folks. Eric Good. All right, he's taking the trash out. He's coming back. Look at that. He's going for the rebag. He's going for the rebag. He's rebagged the recycling and the trash can. Folks, you've seen it here first. History in the making. <laughs> Which. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do that intentionally. I still don't do it intentionally. It just happens. That's so funny. But it, it just, it lightens the mood in my head. Yeah. Um, it gives me something to do in my head. So like, you know, the whole, you know, it, it makes it less boring because there's something happening up there. Um, so that's fun. Um, another approach, one of my coworkers, um, or one of my fellow cooks, I was working a job a couple of years ago and we had a particularly bad shift on the line. I'm a line cook, so I work like during service. And uh, he was like this old, like grumbly veteran cook you know like he never said anything because he didn't need to like he just could do everything um but at some point uh he leaned he could see i was having a hard time and he leaned over and he just said embrace the suck man like yeah it sucks just like embrace it like sure i hate the, like i hate this isn't that fun like which <laughs> you know it doesn't i don't know it just sort of it makes it makes the experience novel like wow i really hate doing the dishes this is this is terrible um and another one is uh um, ADHD people um, are constantly looking, basically constantly trying to get the dopamine and norepinephrine levels in our brain to normal because they are low. 
it's part of what ADHD is. And when new stuff happens, when we get stimulus, our brain releases more of those things. And so we're constantly starved for new stuff to try to get that dopamine level back to normal. And so when we're doing a boring task, our brain is like, oh my God, something needs to happen right now or else something. I don't know. I like, oh my gosh. And so by adding stimulus, by listening to a podcast or listening to music or singing to yourself or whatever, practicing beatboxing, just having one of those things that you can do idly while doing those tasks um, is massively helpful to me. You heard it here first, folks. Beatbox while you work. That's the way to cure your ADHD. Taking out the trash and up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, someone asked, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Um, is there an opposite side to time blindness where you're like really early to everything? That's me. Yeah. I'm always early. <laughs> I mean, so, okay, to be fair, also, like, I'm a professional. Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Um, be like, being early is a response to time blindness um, because it can work both ways. It doesn't always mean that you're late. It just means that you are anticipating being late. Um, and also... I talked about this a little bit um, the other day, but there are different types of executive dysfunction. Um, and there are different things that some people are good at and some people are not. And for example, I'm, an, I'm a professional stage manager. That was my first job out of grad school was, was being a, a stage manager at an equity house. I'm an incredible stage manager. I'm always on time and I'm usually you know 15 minutes early, but it's partly from a lifetime of knowing that if I'm not purposely early, I will be 45 minutes late. Um, and so it's about knowing your strengths. It's about knowing your weaknesses and it's, and it's, um, yeah, it's about creating a, a viable routine for yourself and your brain. Yeah, absolutely. I think compensation, um, well, just before we started recording this, this, this episode, um, I have, I have a big whiteboard here. Check it out. But bam on brand baby. Sorry. You I just hit me almost in punched with... me in the face with a whiteboard, which would also be on brand. That would be um, very on brand. But I had a whole list of, of like annoying clerical work to do for the podcast. Like, oh, we need to update this thing and we need to like make sure that the web, just a bunch of annoying computer work. Um, and I was like kind of annoyingly insistent that we do it. Um, and then Katie was like, Eric, like we need to produce content. Like we need to actually make the thing. And I was like, "You're yes, we do. Which I think is part of why we work well together. Um like Eric was over here like designing the t-shirts and I was like, maybe we should make a podcast first <laughs> so people want to buy the t-shirts. Yes. But it's not uh, that I didn't appreciate your effort. Yeah. I just, you know, it's just that kind of thing where it's a lot, I feel like a lot of ADHD people, I don't know about you, but I always put the cart before the horse. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I always practice my, you know, Tony award winning speech before <laughs> I write the first scene of the play. Say, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of what I'm going to say on my third date with Beyonce. Yeah, That's what it's, I'm thinking it's of. a whole mood. Um, but so all that was, the reason I was so insistent that we were doing those things is because I never do those things. My whole life, like I, I have a lifetime of evidence that I'm terrible at doing those things. And so I'm like overcompensating, being like, we have to do all these things. You know, we can think about the content later. And I was totally overcompensating, um, focusing on those things. And so... Um, yeah, I think the important thing is, is knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, figuring out what those are, um, and then just sort of figuring out what the appropriate level of compensation is. <laughs> I, I don't know who's to say what's appropriate, but anyways, yeah, I, I think compensation and overcompensation is, is, is interesting. Well, because, I know it sounded like I was tapering off there, but because it, it, can often make, it can often make a person exhibit symptoms that are the opposite of what the ADHD symptom is, which is confusing to people <laughs> like yeah. to, especially people who don't 
understand ADHD. So you can think, wow, you're so fiercely organized, but you have ADHD. It's like, yeah, I'm fiercely organized because for the majority of my life, I was so vividly unorganized that I've now just gone, oh, and I have to be super organized. Um, uh, we got a question. Have any of, uh, have either of us ever worked in retail? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, yes, absolutely. I um, mean, I don't think it was easy, but I feel like that's because retail, like working retail just sucks. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's fun. I don't know if I have any like good advice for it because I, I, I truly feel like when you die, if you are a bad person, you go to work in retail. Specifically, you work in retail on the Saturday after Thanksgiving for all eternity. <laughs> that is what I feel like. Um, uh, yeah, and food service. Um, yeah, Eric is a is a chef, uh, wow. and I once served soup and sandwiches at a at a soup and sandwich restaurant. Um, that's yeah, he's way better at it than I am. <laughs> Well, so yeah, I, I, I'm, now I'm a, a back of house cook. I wouldn't call myself a chef, but sure. Um, so I don't, I'm not customer facing, but I certainly started out that way. And I've also been a barista for a couple of years. Um, but my first job, my first real job, well, I had a couple first jobs, but I was a, I was a pizza slinger, basically. I would work um, the service line at a pizza restaurant. We would sell pizza by the slice. And it was in like this po really popular mall in California. And so there were just lines out the door. And yeah, rude customers, you know, retail, um, customer facing thing. But something that I learned from that job that I value insanely highly, um, like it's one of like the things that I, I, you know, I, if I were to carve things in stone in my head to make them last forever, it would be one of them. Um, which is, uh, jobs and work are easier and more pleasant if you care. Um, when I was going to this, this pizza joint, if I didn't care, I was like, oh, I'm a, ugh, I'm a pizza guy. I want to, like, I, I think I'm better than this or whatever I was thinking. 18-year-old Eric was thinking at the time. Um, it was hard. I was tired all the time, and I didn't want to do all the stuff. I didn't want to talk to customers. It was annoying. But once I started going, wait a minute, like, these people are here for pizza, and I am the thing that can give it to them. And I started really just valuing my work and, and just doing it well and, and just trying to really, you know, do my job well. Um, and so when I started caring, my job got easier, um, and it got more enjoyable because I started thinking like, Hmm, can I do this more efficiently? Which for an ADHD person is like, ha ha ha. Um, or like, I want to keep my, keep my workspace clean because people can see it and I can see it. It makes me feel better when my workspace is clean. Um, so I guess advice for retail is, um, just take your job, just, just care. Don't care too much. You know, don't think like this job is my everything. Unless it is. Um, but it, it's more fun when you care um, and you understand that when you're working retail, you're facilitating experiences for people. Um, so, and you have this sort of ability to make their days better or worse. And you get this little moment where you can make a person's day better. Like, yeah. the best was when uh, families would come into this pizza joint and they were tired, you know, for whatever reason. You could, you could just sort of read on their faces that they were having a long day and it didn't go, you know, they wanted to see a movie, but it got canceled and they're whatever. And they walk in and you're like, I'm going to give these people the best 
possible experience. I'm gonna make these people's lives like it's so wholesome. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, my 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 understanding of like just work in general changed um, when I started thinking that way. Um, so, anyways, that's what I learned working retail is that you know no job is insignificant. You can always improve other people's lives with what you do. We got a very good question a while back. Um, someone wanted to know if we're going to do any cooking videos. Um, and I feel it's probably a good time to mention that we here at Infinite Podcast... Uh, no, that's not the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite Podcast. Uh, we here at Infinite Quest, uh, we have a Patreon. Um, and we've been working on putting some stuff together and all that stuff. Um, and fun fact, Eric also happens to be an expert um, on sourdough, which is a weird thing to be an expert on, but I'm an expert on Shakespeare, so I can't really talk. There you go. Um, and so, yes, the answer is we are going to make some cooking videos. Um, we'll probably post a few of them here on TikTok. Um, but if you want to see the good stuff, head on over to our Patreon, Infinite Quest Patreon, um, because we're going we're gonna to post some fun stuff of us. You know, this is the Katie and Eric ADHD cooking hour and that kind of cool stuff. Um, so that's a free advertisement for something that doesn't exist yet, yeah. but it will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, TikTok, ultimately, we can do lives and we can do one-minute videos. Those are, like, what you can do. And, um, for example, I mean, I have a whole sourdough starter batch weighed out right um, and everything that it. I'm going to mix, like, as soon as this live ends, probably. And I have meals that I'm going to make for Katie and her husband. It's going to be great. Um, Very excited. And I've been like making these videos in my head, like how oh, it's going to be amazing. Um, but you know, tick, one minute is not long. So pay, that's sort of where Patreon, con that's what Patreon content is kind of going to be is, is stuff that can't really be facilitated. Here. Also, Missy Mountain says that we should call the episode Shakespeare and Sourdough. And yes, that is not Titled. the name of it. That's beautiful. <laughs> Write that down. It's, right. a, it's going on the whiteboard. It's going on the whiteboard. I'll make Will room. you talk about the sourdough process in iambic pentameter? Yes. I will do you that. You are amazing. I well, will do that. What are they called? Scobies? Yes, a symbiotic Scobie. community of bacteria and yeast. To put a scoby in your sourdough bread. <laughs> That's not good. That was not good. Um, we'll work on it. I can tell you that I have not done so. But I... Oh, fuck. <laughs> what? We've done so as in I haven't I haven't explained it in Iambic Pantera before. Oh, I thought you were trying and I was like, I but can I... tell like I was like, that's not even close. What? I fuck. can tell you I have not done before. The thing that you have mentioned here and now, so I don't know, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's fine. We tried. We tried our best. Um Oh also the Patreon is <laughs> we forgot to say the name uh patreon.com slash infinite quest. Um somebody asked a, a bit ago, I'm sorry I can't remember your name. Um uh, if we could touch again on, on, on just time blindness and what that is. Um, so as far as I understand, Katie, correct me if I'm wrong, um, time blindness is basically um, our brains are awful at just conceptualizing time. If we have a task, we don't know if it's going to take 10 minutes or 10 hours. Like we, I mean, logically we could probably guess, but our brain doesn't work that way. Um, so like if I have to do the dishes in my head, I'm thinking, well, that's going to be the rest of my day. You know, like, I, you know, I, could, I, I need to do these other things, but if I do the dishes, that's going to take the rest of my day. Or sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes there's a task that's going to take quite a while, but you'll think, oh, uh, redesigning the whatever, that'll take, you know, like 20 minutes, but really it's going to take several hours. Um, so basically our brains on like a fundamental level are just terrible at working with the concept of time and, and, and scheduling and that kind of thing, um, uh, which makes you late. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm frequently late because I'll go, oh, I have plenty of time to 
you know, do the, th uh, you know, I have 20 minutes before I have to be at work. That's enough time to make this phone call with the bank or whatever the hell, um, when in fact it absolutely is not. <laughs> um, so time blindness is, is basically that. We're, 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 we're bad at, at, at understanding time in a functional way. We just got a couple of really good questions, so I think we're going to take those and then we might close for the day. Oh, sure. Um, but one question that we just got is, can we talk about object permanence? Um, and that was from Sunnybrook14. Um, and the, Okay, yes, let's talk about object permanence. This is a ball. Katie's holding up a ball. I'm holding up a ball. It's really great to do it's actually, uh, visual metaphors on a podcast. <laughs> it's actually a, a red clown it's a, nose. It is a clown nose, but it's a ball. She okay? has literally thousands of This ball exists. It exists in space and time, and we are aware of the existence of this ball because we can all see it. Now, put the ball here. That ball still exists, right? We know, quantifiably, that that ball has not disappeared out of existence because of, uh, because of magic, right? Thermodynamics. Thermo, the rules of ther thermodynamics stay the same. Now, the thing with object permanence is that people, like, babies struggle with object permanence, right? Schrodinger's cat, right? Presidents struggle with <laughs> object permanence. But the thing is, is that, like, people with ADHD are not Labrador retrievers, okay? Like, we, we possess object permanence. But what it comes down to is, is the fact that oftentimes the process of object permanence is interrupted by the stimulus that we are receiving, right? So if we are not thinking about where we put down the ball, if we are just, you know, we're living our life, whatever, we get distracted, we set the ball down, that is now the stimulus that we are focusing on somewhere over there, away from the ball. Um, and what winds up happening is that our brain doesn't retain the, the, the object, it just goes away because we've lost that stimulus. And so it's like we talked about earlier in this episode, things about like putting your keys in the same place the whole time, that kind of thing. Because once it becomes a habit, then you don't necessarily have to think about it. You don't have to use your brain's like processing powers to remember where things are. But people with ADHD really struggle with remembering where we put stuff because of a number of factors. We've got like interrupted stimulus, we also have just like a lot of people have bad short-term memory. Like I know I do, like I forget stuff all the time. Um, and it can be really frustrating. Like yesterday I lost, <laughs> this is a true story. I lost a stack of 12 Dungeons and Dragons books. It's not a small thing. It was, it was a it's, it's a big ass stack of books and I lost them. And I was like, they were sitting on the, on the, on the counter where I, where I work, where I do my TikToking. And then I brought them into the dining room so I could make a video. And I remembered that. And then somewhere in between making that video and making dinner, like three days later, I lost them. And so I had Chris and myself and Eric all looking all over the goddamn house for these fucking books. And then I finally found them and they were literally just like on the floor in a pile. But like object permanence, clutter blindness... And just a general, like, I was focused on getting the dining room clean because I had friends over and, like, I wanted them to, like, have, like, I wanted the table to be clean so I could, like, have enough room for everybody to come over and eat. Like, it was, like, a whole thing. And so, like, my brain was elsewhere and so I didn't think to remember, oh, here's where the books are. 
And I was so mad at myself. I was so angry. Yeah, that's that's one of the more for me one of the more frustrating parts of ADHD. Yeah, is, is that frustration. Yeah. Um, I also think it's it's a working memory thing. People with ADHD really struggle with managing our working memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so what working memory is is um, I cycle through a couple different analogies, but it's sort of like the desktop of your brain. It's where the files that are open that are actively being worked with um, are. It's also where new stimulus goes. So if you have your computer microphone on your computer camera on it's where input you know first goes um and so being able to manage what is open and actively being worked with at a given time is important to just doing stuff um it's also where things first go when we're deciding how to how and and uh, how to store it in our long-term memory things like the location of keys. And so when you're holding your keys and you're coming into the car, your working memory has a certain set of things going on. It's got, is my is the door unlocked? No, it's not. I'm holding the objects that, can you, so you have keys, you got door, you got whatever you're thinking about too, because we have this <laughs> internal monologue going on, so there's all that. Um, but there's a certain set of you know files open on your desktop. Um, now, a person who does not have trouble with their working memory um, they'll set the keys down and their brain will go, okay, keys from working memory to long-term memory. They are sitting on the thing. Or they have a routine and they don't have to do that process anyways because they always put it in the same place. But sort of the function of routines is, one of the functions of routines is not having to actually transfer things from your working memory to your long-term memory because it's just always the same. I guess you would remember that that is the spot, but you don't have to actively remember where you put your keys every time. Um, anyways, um, so in terms of object permanence, um, it's not that we don't believe that the ball exists anymore. It's not that we literally think it doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's just that once it's out of our working memory, it doesn't always go into our long-term memory. Um, and perhaps we don't, because we don't manage what is in our working memory very well, um, you know, new stimulus can come in and just shove something else out, which people, you know, neurotypical people, if they need to focus on a task, they can shut out the birds outside or the chair squeaking across the room or even other thoughts. They can go, oh, that's not something to think about right now and, and manage well what's in their working memory. Whereas we, which is, I know, what? Katie and what I- What is that like? I, <laughs> that is unfathomable. I spend so much time <laughs> thinking about the fact that there's just people who can just go, not right now. I shouldn't do that right now. I should do, like, how, it's what crazy. is that like know. to live? It, it must be, I don't know, I, I'm thinking of like, uh, um, uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, for the, the movie Limitless with the drug that makes you use oh, it, Bradley Cooper in like the second half of Limitless, like disabled. Um, but so anyways, we're bad at working with our working memory. Um, we're bad at managing our working memory. And so things just kind of get shoved out. And so when you put the ball down, it's just, it's just poof, it's not in your working memory anymore. It didn't go into your long-term memory anymore. And so just the information of where you put it down is just not there. It's just not there. File not found. It's, it's not like you don't believe it exists, though. You're aware into what, that it, it still exists. So anyways, Unfortunately, that. our producer is telling us that we have Oh, our producer. Oh, such guy. a jerk. <sighs> the tentacles. We should name our producer. We should. Um... Uh, oh, okay. So I want to do. I want to take like one last question. Yeah, if yeah, that's okay. Um, so somebody, uh, I'm so sorry, I didn't catch your uh, username. Uh, somebody asked about uh, keeping your space clean and like mm-hmm. kind of dealing with mess. Um, and I have what is going to sound like incredibly trite advice, but it is advice that I wished someone had told me a long, long time ago because it took me a very long time to learn this lesson. Pinterest exists. And better homes and gardens exists. 
and mommy blogs exist and Instagram exists. And so out in the world, object permanence, object permanence exists. Um, and so out in the world, there are all of these people who have made it their goal or their, their aim to have like beautiful magazine style houses, you know, like you go and you're just like, wow. But the fact of the matter is that if you have ADHD, your brain works differently than neurotypical people's. This is not to say that people with ADHD can't have magazine perfect homes. Um, But the other component part is that much of having ADHD and much of living efficiently with ADHD is learning to build your own systems. And part of building your own system is realizing that sometimes you just have to have a box of mail in the corner. Sometimes you just have to have all of your makeup out on the counter. Sometimes you just have to keep your utensils all in one drawer without sorting them. And if that is a system that works for you, if that is a system that is efficient, if it, if it makes you happy, and if it makes you live your life better, then who gives a shit, right? And like, I realize how silly that sounds, but for years I like, and I'm going to get like a little bit vulnerable cause it's true, but like for years, like I felt like a bad partner. And then later I started feeling like a bad wife because like, there's always shit on my coffee table. There's always shit on my shelves, right? Like there's never been a time where I walked into my house and I went, it looks like a magazine. It's like, no, because I have an autistic husband who is obsessed with the Marvel universe. And so all of, we have Star Wars toys and Marvel toys everywhere. Like I collect Shakespeare. I repair antique electronics. Like we have all of these things that we care about and we're passionate about, but they don't fit onto Pinterest, right? And so I realized that I was spending so much time trying to be somebody that I wasn't. I spent so much time trying to live in a system that wasn't efficient for me and my brain because I wanted my house to look like everybody else's house. But now people come over to my house. Well, they did before the pandemic, but like people come over to my house and they're like, we love your house. It's so you, it feels like a home. I feel welcome here. I I feel like I can live here. And I realized like that was my priority. My priority is like, I keep my house clean, like it's not dirty. There's not like mold growing in the corners. There's probably some cobwebs, but, um, and that's it. It's like, that's what I care about is I, I care about my bathroom being clean. I care about my dishes being done. And other than that, like if there's shit on my coffee table, I just give myself permission to live. I don't know. I feel like that was a really long winded answer to be like, be messy, do crime. <laughs> but no, yeah, permission to live. I. I, I'm gonna not ramble. I think that was a fantastic answer. Um, I'm gonna not ramble, I promise, but um, something that really helped me, that really sort of changed the way that I think about stuff um, is the phrase, um, everything worth doing is worth doing poorly, which is weird. What, why, that doesn't make any sense. That's the opposite of what, the, what I usually hear. Um, well, if the option is either freak out because you're not gonna do it perfectly or do it poorly, you just do it poorly. Like cleaning my room, for example. Um, if my brain is like, if you don't scrub every, like, then you didn't, you, then you did a bad job. And so I just won't, I'll just freak out and just let mess pile up. But if it's like, all right, I'm just going to clean my room poorly. <laughs> I'm just going to take the dirty cups to the kitchen. Exactly. Boom. I'm going to do that and throw my dirty clothes into the corner. Like just, ugh. 
it's that's better than nothing and you get a sense of satisfaction out of it and you know well i don't know it's 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 also a little exercise in like self-forgiveness it's like it's okay to not do everything perfectly all the time nobody expects that from you mm-hmm. um it's like i look around i see the imperfections like sometimes i get overwhelmed by clutter and i'm like god i wish my house looked like better homes and gardens but i'm just like i know that if it did it's not sustainable i've lived my entire life completely scorching the earth's cleaning and then feeling like shit about myself three days later because it's back to how it was but the fact of the matter is like if that's the equilibrium if you know how it's going to get like that's that's like i guess for me like that's my my brain's like center point like i'm like okay this is livable there's like a livable mess and there's an unlivable mess and it's finding the equilibrium to live your best life without overwhelming yourself yeah, it's like a like a homeostasis yeah sort of like exactly. where is your it's like chaos theory yeah well our producer brian is the name of our producer um is telling us we have to move on we uh we should probably go we're we're trying we our podcast has just been way too long way too long <laughs> so, so we're stopping at an hour we're we're we've done it we've done an hour Yay! Um, so hey everybody, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in here on this TikTok live. If you're listening to it on the podcast, we'll probably do this again because this was real fun. This was really fun. Um, this is the first time we did it. Yeah, yep. I think it went great. And so uh, yeah, feel free to uh, check us out on all of our various social media. All of that information is in our bio, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you all for your questions. Thank you all for supporting us uh, both as individuals and as Infinite Quest. And uh, keep on questing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, we're not going to. You stay classy, San Diego. No, you stay classy. All right. A whale's vagina? Bye. I'm trying to turn it off. Oh, God. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Infinite Quest. Just a reminder that next week we've got Ben Brainerd coming on to uh, talk about life with ADHD and being a TikTok megastar. And the week after that, we've got Burritos and ADHD coming on down. So we're really excited. So look for those episodes dropping soon. If you'd like to support us financially, please consider visiting patreon.com slash infinite quest. Thank you so much for listening to Infinite Quest. And we will talk to you soon. Be lovely to yourself and others.